good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is, wherever you happen to be. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Hope Rising Ministry Podcast, where we love to talk about Jesus, apologetics, and life. Excited to join us today for episode number 63 of the Hope Rising Ministries Podcast. And this is episode, let me see if I can remember this correctly, episode seven, maybe, I think episode seven of what we call season three. So really excited to be able to dive in today and pick up where we left off previously. And uh, first John, as we're walking through first John chapter two, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, just to introduce ourselves, my name is Alex and with me is Trey. Good morning, Trey. Hello, 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 peoples. What's going on, Alex? Uh, you know, trying to, trying to, Wake up still, hoping this coffee kicks in here, but excited to, to to be with you again this morning. How are you today? I mean, I'm doing great, man. Um, the, I think the pollen season is on its uh, edge of ending. Uh, I feel so much better. Yep. I, I did the yard yesterday, and I had no ill effects. Oh, nice. So got my got always- my daughter outside to help me wash the car. She kind of looked at me like, really? <laughs> Come on, man. Let's do something together. You know, something. And then she got into it and it was like, okay, what do I do now? You know, that's funny. Yeah. It it won't be too long. She'll, or does she? She don't have her own yet, does she? She doesn't have a car, but she should have a permit, you know? Okay. So I've told her that uh, I'd be glad to help her with insurance, maybe, or, or, or gas, or, and, uh, but she plays travel volleyball. So, you know, that's, that's $3,000, $4,000 a year. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you know, you, we're, we're in a bad time in the economy. You either quit volleyball and get you a car. <laughs> I mean, right. reality is reality. You know, yeah. I can't, I can't just, my, my money doesn't grow on a tree outside. I feel you there. Um, yeah. It won't be long till I'm sure she'll be, she she'll probably choose the car over over volleyball at some point. But. Some point, but not right now. She's got nationals this coming weekend in Orlando, so that's going to be fun. Which that's yeah, that's freaking exciting. Um, yeah, there's going to be so many teams. You wouldn't you you wouldn't believe yeah. how many teams are going to be there. It's just crazy. That's so speaking awesome. of this weekend coming up, what we got going? Yeah, yeah. So uh, super super excited about. Uh, this coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as we'll be uh, we'll be having Hope Tour 2022 at the Vine uh, Church, and really excited to partner with with uh, the Vine Church. And I want to you know kind of enunciate there because sometimes when I'm talking to people, they'll be like Devine, like D E V I N E. I'm like, no, not Devine, the T H E space v-i-n-e the vine church um and so really excited to to partner with them uh that being you know our home church and then uh also with a ministry called wake uh that's this uh also based out of spartanburg and so really excited to you know have this weekend just to be able to share as as we prepare and everything um the promise of hope so really looking forward to that that's uh you know, for anybody who's listening online, maybe you're not in Spartanburg. If you are, come join us. We would love to have you. It'll be at the YMCA uh, in Spartanburg downtown. But if you're if you're listening online and you'd love to check it out, you can also join us. We hope to have everything streaming so you can find uh, the Vine, uh, the Vine um, TV SC on Facebook. Uh, that'll be the Vine Church and should be streaming live on there. Hopefully, we'll be streaming from uh, from our Facebook page as well. So, Hope Rising Ministries SC. If but, you tune uh, in, if you tune in and see what me and Alex look like, that doesn't mean that you can't keep. A, you have to keep. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. I know it's, that it's dude, weird. Uh, that dude looks nothing like he, he he sounds. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Like that's always weird when you hear somebody for so long and then you see them the first time. You're like, uh, that that's is that guy. Me. That is not the mental picture that I had built up for that person. Yeah. That happens all the time. But uh, but yeah, would love for you to be able to 
to join us for this coming weekend. It's I, I'm I'm so fired up about it, um, and just believing that God's going to do something awesome, and just really excited to to have this this opportunity to you know share hope here in our community where we live. Um, we've been able to do this uh, you know hope tour before at different locations um, and stuff like that. So just really excited to be able to do that here in Spartanburg. You know, if, if there's one thing that this world and this nation needs, it's hope mm. right now. It's, Amen to that. It feels desperate. <clears throat> um, it, it, yeah. it is, it is not, it has ceased being fun. Mm. And, um, and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of you might be going, man, you know, I know hope, you know, but they need God. Well, what do you think hope is? Yeah. Right. So yeah. Paul describes hope, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Mm. Come on. Come on. And and after, man, the last <clears throat> and I feel like everybody says this. Right. And maybe at a point in time, there's some some legitimacy to it. Everybody talks about, you know, like how bad today is versus, you know, five, ten years ago. But. Today versus the last, you know, versus two and a half years ago is so much different Um, uh, across, I feel like across the world, but especially here in the U.S. And um, what everybody has gone through and what everybody has experienced, hope is something that that everybody is needing so much right now. And to be honest, it seems like very few actually have true hope uh, and what that what that really means. Um, and, and I I can't it's it's oh man, it's hard to fathom trying to navigate this world without the hope of Christ, um, because it is so discouraging day to day. It is, it is difficult. Um, you know, what, what's interesting about that, Alex, <clears throat> is that if, if you don't have true hope and you are actually led by self, self-love and pride, yeah. and yeah. At, the, at, the, at the same time you're going through life like that, you're blinded. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're constantly groping on the wall of life, trying to find yeah. the light switch. Yeah, you know? yep. that's and great. It's just like it gets so frustrating. Yeah, and, and I get that. So you know, if if you're sitting there going, "Man, that's me," well, take a listen and, and listen to uh, listen to some some positive, um, yes. yeah, uh, positive conversation about what true hope is. Absolutely, please do and. uh yeah, if, if that's you or anybody that you know, um, point them to, you know, the Vine Church Facebook page, point them to Hope Rising Ministries Facebook page. Um, and don't I and and honestly, don't just wait till don't just wait till Friday, Saturday or Sunday to join us or to to connect with us. Reach out to us. Email us today. If that's you, you're listening to this. and You're like, man, that is that's something I'm struggling with or. You know, or you agree, maybe, you know, you're a Christian and you're like, yes, I, I have hope and I am so thankful for it. Let us know. Um, just email us at info at hoperisingministries.tc. We'd love to to hear from you and connect with you. Um, and then if you need encouragement, we'd love to to offer some encouragement as well. So, yep. Um, so if you're joining us uh, for the first time, we've been walking through First uh, John. Um, in the last episode, we got through uh, about the first 11 verses here. So today we'll be picking up in 1 John chapter 2, starting at verse 12. So if you want to go ahead and flip there. Um, as we're reading this and, and John's kind of instructing um, other other Christians, other believers, and, and just teaching us. Um, you know, how to live as Christians and encouraging. And today we'll be picking up um, 
in verse 12 as he's talking about uh, his reasons for writing. And then uh, we'll, we'll just be continuing on from there. Trey, anything you want to open up with before uh, or set it up with before I dive into the verses here? Yeah, you know, 30 seconds. Um, you know, we're if you've listened to us in the past, you, you know that we're all about context. Mm. Um, we don't cherry pick verses to make what we're saying valid. We let the word become valid as it is already. We, we reveal the validity of the word and not what we think is true. So uh, I'm just going to read a couple of verses before today's verses. It says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So that's kind of what I was talking about a minute ago about just stumbling around trying to figure out where the light is, you know? Well, I, I tell you what, if the, the hardest thing to find out is how much you love yourself, that is, <laughs> that is a revelation that hurts. Yeah. And it's also very humbling, mm-hmm. you know? So the more you love yourself, the more you can't love your brother or your sister. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're in the way. You're in the way. So uh, after after that, he immediately goes into what seems to be something that he may have. Either he picked this up or he saw this somewhere. Or talking about John or the translators decided to to make it like a poem. So it's one of the two. Yeah. You know, it's either already a poem or they made it into one kind of because of the way it sounds but it's very interesting yeah um so we'll pick up here in, in verse 12 i'll start reading and we'll we'll go through the first like three verses here um and kind of unpack that a little bit but so if you're following along again we're in uh first john chapter 2 starting at verse 12 and it says i am writing to you dear children because your sins have been forgiven I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. So it's definitely a lot that uh, that we could unpack here just in these these first, um, you know, almost breaking it down by the the lines of this, you know, sort of poem, as you say, that that's presented here. And I mean, this is this is a big thing that we could probably spend an entire episode on. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Now, in case you're reading and you're wondering, like, on account of whose name, maybe you're listening and you've never read the Bible or you've never, you know, stepped into a church before and you're like, who, who's he talking about? So on account of his name is Jesus, and it's by that we have been forgiven. Our sins, our mistakes have been forgiven by his sacrifice. Um, and, and that's, you know, who John is, is writing here about, and that's, that's what he's trying to get those who are reading. And so he's addressing, and as you can tell in those first, uh, few lines, dear children, fathers, young men. And so, and that's not just, you know, focused to the, the men or the males that would be reading this, but just in generalization across the board for everybody. Um, our sins have been forgiven on account of Jesus and what he's done. Um, and, and that is the, the first reason here, you know, as far as what he's writing about. 
Yeah, it's interesting that he, every single stanza, he says, I write these things to you. I am writing to you, right? So that's important because we're reading it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, this is a message for, for all ages, right? As you mm-hmm. can see, you can see father and the, the younger people and then the children, right? Yeah. So it's for all ages, but um, he's writing to believers. Um, mm-hmm. None of the epistles um, were written to people who don't believe, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, none of the, none of this none of the New Testament is written to prove that Jesus is the Son of God. It's written to the church, so the church can live out that He's the Son of God, and people can see that and hear mm-hmm. that and become born again. That's why it's written. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it's also that he's writing this for for he's addressing people who where they are in their walk. Mm-hmm. And and I know that's uh, in other words where they are in their journey with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Look, man, you could be a Christian since you were 15 years old and still be a child and yep. not a father. All right. So it's not your age. It's it's your walk. It's it's what you've done of what you what you've learned. It's your right? it's your maturity level as a. That's a right. That's right. Okay. So that's very interesting. So keep that in mind. So he he immediately talks about forgiveness. So why does he bring up forgiveness? I'm writing to you. I'm, in other words, I'm writing to those who have been forgiven. Right, right. So he calls everybody, no matter where you are in your wall. First, he calls them little children. So, so he he calls everybody, like everybody who's in whatever walk they're in with with their savior. He calls them little children, and because that's who we are. We're God. Right. And he also brings up forgiveness. And why does he do that? Because forgiveness is the sign that they're God's children. Now, how is that possible? How do people know that you're forgiven, Alex? How do they know? Because what's the fruit of forgiveness? Forgiving other people. Right. So if, if you're. That that's what you do. I mean, you. If if. That shows that you have been forgiven. If you uh, do not consider yourselves more important than anybody else, that you can forgive somebody. And that's a huge deal. Right. So that's one of the main signs of being a child of God is, is being forgiven. But nobody knows that unless you forgive others. Yeah. And having that mindset, you know, and it's it comes it always reminds me talking about forgiveness and, and and forgiving because you have been forgiven always brings me back to the parable of the, the man who, you know, owed, I can't remember if it was a King or, or his master, you know, this ridiculous amount of amount of money, couldn't pay it back, begged for his life, you know, um, instead of being thrown in, in prison and then uh, was forgiven and then turns around is owed money by someone else doesn't forgive them. And, you know, like, doesn't like walks away from being forgiven and then turns around and doesn't forgive someone else. Um, and sometimes that's a great in life, example, great example. And sometimes in life, that's where, you know, that's, that's where we find ourselves. However, when we truly understand what Jesus has saved us from and what he has forgiven us for. Um, it makes that, it makes it so much easier for us. Well, maybe I won't say easy because it's, it's still, it's not always easy to forgive because we still experience the hurt of it sometimes. So it doesn't necessarily make it easier, but it allows us to do it because we know what we've been forgiven of as well so 
it, it just makes it more apparent of the fact that we have been forgiven. So we should, we should have forgiveness for others because of that. And, you know, and, and as John is writing this to remind each of us, you know, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name and, and you can find this sort of reference here, forgiveness because of him being Jesus. I mean, you can find this in, in scripture all over the place. And as a matter of fact, in Acts 13, 38, it clearly states, therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed. And so it, it's only in and through him. It's it's not because we have begged for our forgiveness and, and we've convinced Jesus to do it or that we've earned it or anything of that nature. Like none of us have earned the forgiveness that we receive. It's free to us. Like Jesus took that penalty on the cross before we ever had a chance to take a breath. That forgiveness was there. And the fact that we've been offered that forgiveness is something we can never earn or, you know, acquire on our own effort. And so it's it's only because of him that we've been forgiven. And so that makes it even more because if you start to think, man, there's literally nothing I could do. I couldn't give enough money. I couldn't, you know, uh, volunteer enough time and effort to get Jesus to be like, you know what? That is one really good guy or girl. Like they've, they've really loved other people. I, you know, I'm going to forgive them of their, of their sins. Yeah. Jesus did that out of love before we ever even, you know, existed on this, on this earth. Look, you you can't wait. First of all, Alex, do I sound broken up in, in, I sound okay. On my side, you sound fine. Okay. Is my choppy or anything or something? No, you're good. I'm okay. sorry about that, guys. But anyway, if you're <laughs> waiting for somebody to deserve you to forgive them, um, that's not the way to approach it. Um, thank God he didn't wait for me to deserve it. Come on. Amen to that. I mean, no, come on, man. <laughs> that's our human side, right? Like that's that's our flesh being like, uh uh-uh, uh, you want the you want my forgiveness? You gotta you gotta earn it. You got to show me that I should forgive you um, and, and praise the Lord. He didn't make us prove we were worthy of forgiveness. That's correct. All right. So next verse, I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. Now, what does he mean by fathers? Um, he's talking about spiritual mentors, right? He's talking about people who have walked with him for a while that have known him, which means they have learned like they've, they've taken in the knowledge of him and applied that knowledge in life. All right. So they're the ones that have acquired wisdom. And, um, those are the spiritual fathers, right? The spiritual Mm -hmm. mentors. And then he goes to the young men. Because you have overcome the evil one. Now, the one of the ways older believers, and I don't mean judge in a bad way, but look at or judge younger believers, like figure out what they're about, what they're doing, how they're living their life. The, the, the way they older believers look at younger believers is, are they learning to put away childish things? Are, are, they, are they getting it that the sins of the youth is a dead end. Mm-hmm. So when, when what that means is if they if they're learning that then they're learning how to overcome the evil one. Come on. Come on. You know as as he's writing here about you know the the more spiritually mature um you know, maybe walked with Christ longer, um, who have that that closer, deeper relationship than than someone who just you know got saved yesterday or or within the the recent you know 
week or something of that nature as he's writing this and talking about, you know, this instruction or in this particular line, he says, because you know him who is from the beginning. He's talking about Jesus. He's pointing to Christ. Um, and if you go back, if if you listen a few episodes back when we actually just started walking through first John and first John chapter one, verse one, as a matter of fact, and then if you go back to uh, the the gospel of John and read in chapter one, as he opens it up, it says in first John one chapter or chapter one, verse one, it says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have gazed upon and touched with our hands. This is the capital W of life. And he's talking about Jesus. And you can go back and listen a few episodes back as we unpack what that looks like and what that means. But but again, he's he's reminding each of these maturity level about, you know, it, it's all pointing back to Jesus, whether right. you're, whether you're recently saved, you're from Christ himself, whether you're a spiritual father, you're very mature. Maybe you're in like a, a teacher in some way, whatever that may be Walt would for a while. You've known him who is from the beginning. That's Jesus, like who existed from the beginning. Yep. And so it's just important to remember that no matter where we are on our spiritual walk, we're not where we walk, where we are if it wasn't for Jesus. Yep. So this is all about growth and where you are. Um, and, and when Paul talks about in Corinthians about how why why are you still drinking milk why are you still on the bottom why are you not eating meat you should be eating meat by this time now mm. what that doesn't mean is that you haven't found some other level of spiritual teaching yet what it does mean is you're acting like babies you're not acting like you should be acting like mature Christians and you're not that's what that means because Hebrews says, always crave the pure spiritual milk. So it's not like we're never off the bottle or what, you know, that's figurative. But it's, it's, it's that you, like, a, like a calf, a whale calf. I mean, it, it drinks milk until it's old enough and big enough to start eating fish, you know. And, and the eating of the fish is a sign that that thing has grown up. Right. So then it gets to I write to you children because, you know, the father. Now, this is specific. It's talking about new believers. Right. And new converts, they, they don't have the knowledge and the wisdom and the strength and the experience of older believers. Right. What they do have. is just like. Even the mature Christian, what they do have is the Holy Spirit abiding in them. Okay? So, now it's time for growth, right? Um, they're, they're just as saved as anybody else, but now it's time for growth, right? So, I, I want to point out also uh, Paul's warning um, to be careful about putting new believers in teaching positions and leadership roles. Um, that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, just because somebody has a great personality and can get along with people doesn't mean you need to put them in charge of a youth group. Okay. Right. right. Amen so, to that. Just, just saying. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and that points back to kind of what we see, you know, laid out here from John is, is there's a maturity level, there's a progression. You you grow stronger in your faith. Your faith becomes more pure, right, over time as you walk with Jesus, as you dive into his word, you know, yep. go to church and you're actually paying attention maybe more so than you were before you were saved kind of thing. Maybe you were just going just because you your mom and dad dragged you there or something. Um, but you, you 
there's a maturity level. And so as you progress, then you start to, you know, maybe step into other roles. But for those who are in that, that more father level, right, that more leadership or ha- have walked with Jesus for some time, like if you're in that position, you should be looking over the young Christians, not meeting young in age, but those who are like, you should be getting them more than what you can handle. Just like the example yeah. you said, like when it comes to faith today, they shouldn't be leading a youth group tomorrow. Like no. they grow before they can lead other people. Like be careful who you have um, leading your worship just because yeah. they're very, very talented musically and have a great voice. Doesn't mean they're ready to lead worship. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying. It, you you just got to grow into things. You eventually, you know, get there. Um, I mean, that's the same with with life, right? And, and the, the business world. You don't come out of college and somebody gives you a, a CEO job, right? Like you you get there over time as you mature and as you grow, and. Uh, Spiritually, like as Christians and above, right, being a Christian. So it's not like you're trying to get to another level. We can really dive into <laughs> oh God, not today. people who believe in other levels and stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, you're not trying to get to another level, but yet you and grow in your faith over time before okay, you start. Let, let me show you how to get to another level. How about trying to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Apply that and you'll get to another level. <laughs> right. You'll start growing. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you that that's the greatest two commandments. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of people too. And th- like this just hit me. And maybe it's not 100% accurate, but like as far as there could be some, some, I guess, illustrations you could give that, that kind of go one way or the other. But a lot of people, when you think of growth, right, you're thinking more vertically. Hey, how do I get to the top, right? How do I get to this highest pedestal possible so that I'm over everything or everybody, right? But, <clears throat> but we need to of Christianity and you think of strengthening our faith, right? Growing in our faith. It's not so much like this vertical rise, but it's more of this like lateral stretching, right? How, how do I stretch myself as a Christian to do more, to be more as a Christian of what God has called me to, to follow Jesus more closely and deeply. So you know, the, the growth that we experience isn't so much like, hey, how to the next level? How do I keep climbing this ladder or this mountain? But it's how can I, I stretch myself? How can I strengthen my faith, right? Which may not be a growth thing, but it's a inside out where it's becoming purification. How do I, how do I push out the the bad right and fill myself with more of the the good as in regard to my faith um dude it's innate in us we 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 want to be exalted okay yeah i'm sorry we this is what we we wake up wanting to be exalted we want to be acknowledged we want to be exalted and and guess what um that that doesn't work yeah right um you concentrate on being humble mm-hmm. and, and you will be exalted. That's script. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, but how, how can you be and remain humble? Well, you serve. Mm. <laughs> That's what you do. You serve. So Jesus gave a great analogy and I'm going to paraphrase Jesus without me. He looks at the disciples and he goes, look, we're going to a real big fancy restaurant and we're VIPs and we're going to be sitting at the table. And the waiter's going to come around and he's going to kowtow and make sure we're okay. And he's going to do everything he can 
the, he's going to serve us bread. He's going to pour, pour us wine. He's going to bring out the entree and then the dessert. And then he's going to be really nice. Um, so that being said, I got a question for you. Who is greater? The ones reclined at the table or the waiter? Is it not the ones reclined at the table? And they go, well, yeah. He says, well, I'm the waiter. Mm. I mean, mm. come on. So yeah. you have, you, John just said, just said in the chapter, if you claim to be in him, you're the waiter. Yeah. Come on. Okay. So then he, he finishes up this poem, quote unquote, I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Now, the first thing I noticed about this is he doesn't address the children, just the top two tiers. Okay. The reason that is, is because this is about leadership. This is about uh, example and teaching. There's a hierarchy in the church. It's, it's the wise, the go-getters, and the brand new ones. Right? So we, if we stick to that without judging each other, the church grows. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I like in for, like the second half or, or the, I guess the, the third of that um, verse, when he, when he's writing, I write to you young man, because you are strong and the word lives in you and you have overcome the evil one because <clears throat> that overcoming the evil one is not in our own ability that any of that happens, but it is because, and and we are also not strong because of our own ability, but it is because of Christ in us, the Holy spirit that we've been given upon our faith in Christ Jesus. And the of God lives in you. And for those who are new to, to following Jesus, let's say, and even those who have followed Jesus for years, our strength does not come because we genuinely want to be good people. Like the, the strength that we have inside of us comes directly from God himself. It comes through the Holy Spirit that was deposited into us. It comes through us reading the word of God and staying in God's word because it's in those difficult times. It's in seasons like we've gone through and so many have gone through in the last two years. It's in those moments that scripture comes to mind when we're in a difficult situation or a difficult season of life that encourages us that reminds us of God's faithfulness and his promise and the hope that we have in Christ and the future that we have in Christ, regardless of what might be happening right now today and, you know, our immediate circumstances. Yep. Um, so that's why it is, it is so important and so encouraged for us to be in his word is because that's how we can renew our minds and, and refresh ourselves and our thinking from a worldly thinking to a godly and a kingdom mindset um, so that we're thinking of things outside of this world and just our, you know, like immediate circumstance. Yep. So this, this little poem, uh, these stanzas are kind of like in between. Um, it's sort of like he, he paused and reminded everybody who he's writing to and and it addresses them. Then he goes right back at it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, verses 15 through 17 here, which we'll, we'll read. I mean, these are, this is like in your faith. Hey, this is, it's tough, right. For someone who is of, of the world, right. Someone who, I mean, they are, they are entrenched in themselves. They are all about themselves. This, this is a, a hard pill to swallow. 
And so this is what he what he writes in verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Amen. Amen. Come on. So the, the word love there, I looked it up just to make sure, but this is all agape. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't, there's, there's agape, which is unconditional love. There's phileo, which is brotherly love. And there's uh, eros or erotica, which is fleshly sexual love, right? So mm-hmm. he's talking about don't your heart cannot be sold out to the world you 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 can't accept things of the world unconditionally you you have to you, you can't do that like yeah. there's there's no way that a person can continue in that and be a child now, look, I've been through seasons in my life where I did love the world. And I, um, mm. and sometimes it takes people a, a short amount of time to come to their senses. And sometimes it takes people 20 years, Alex, to come to their senses. But if you're a child, he's going to bring you back. He's going to bring you back yeah. to repentance. And, you know, if you're there... And you're like, well, I hear you, but I'm kind of not ready. I understand that. I really do. Um, but time's a wasting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is hard for <clears throat> this is hard for anybody, non-Christian and Christian. Right. The the do not love the world or anything of the world, because our flesh wants to love the things of this world because it is pleasing to our flesh. It's, it's very self-centered, self-focused, self-pleasing in that regard. And so that's what we naturally like our, you know, human perspective, that's what we want to do. And so, you know, not loving the world or anything of the world. If you go back and you recall in Matthew chapter four, where it recounts, the devil coming and, and, and tempting uh, Jesus. And Matthew chapter four, verse eight, it says, again, the devil took him, talking about Jesus, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this, I do, he said, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus's response is how we can overcome some of that, that fleshly desire and lust for the things of the world. And Jesus says to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord, your God, and serve. If our mentality as Christians is not to worship this world, but to worship our heavenly father, to glorify him, to seek him instead of things of this world then that's how we can push those desires and overcome them and overcome just as, you know, and, and looking back at what John just wrote, right? When he was writing to, you know, the young men here in these verses, because you have overcome the evil one. Again, we don't over overcome the evil one because we are good people. We co- overcome the evil one because we have, the spirit living in us give us that ability to say, no, I don't want the things of this world. I want God. I want Jesus. That's where, you know, I want my mindset to be. That's what I want to think on is the things of Christ, not the things of, of this world. Right. Um, but we don't do that. Like just out of, you know, pure self will. And because we're just really trying to, you know, be better or do good. It happens by being obedient 
spending time again, going back to spending time in God's word, strengthening ourselves mentally, spiritually, just leaning into God and, and as much as. Yep. So if, if you'll allow me, I would like to add to that and go into first Corinthians chapter three. And this ties in to what we were talking about in the previous verses. And Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and they got a lot of problems. I mean, just read First and Second Corinthians. He spends a lot of time trying to straighten them out, right? So this is in the first letter, um, third chapter. He says, verse one, but I cannot address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? So these people should be way past this. But their heart is bent toward what they want to do and not the will of the Father. So if, if your heart is bent toward the will of the Father, uh, this these 15 through 17 in first John 2 he ends up the world is passing away along with its desires but whoever does the will of the father abides forever right mm. yeah come on so he, he also talks about the desires and the cravings so that's the same Greek word you know it might be translated differently in your Bible but Basically, what it means is an eagerness for, like a, a passionate, long um, lust for the temporal cravings. You know, um, it might look good at first, but I promise you it will pass away and it will go by you in a fleeting moment. And you'll be standing there without it, without it. And yeah. you're like, oh, wow, that, wasn't, that was pretty stupid. You know, yeah. Yeah. So now back to our previous previous verses the poem there um listen to the people who have gone through that listen to them i mean yeah. you don't have to find everything out I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here i'm preaching to myself you don't have to find everything out the hard way you doofus you know i'm talking to me like why yeah. have i done that all my life yeah. how about how about listen to somebody say hey man <clears throat> when somebody says you probably don't want to do that that's probably not a wise wise move it's probably not a wise financial move. It's probably not a wise family move. It's probably not a wise uh, relocation. It's probably not wise to quit your job right now if you don't have one. I mean, on and on, it's probably not wise for you to go out tonight. Yeah. Okay. L listen. No, amen to that. Yeah, there's so many times I can think back personally that I just wish I would have listened who were trying to, you know, save me from the pain of, of my, you know, very selfish desire or like desire and very selfish. Um, and so, you know, going back to like, how do we, how do we turn from the things of this world to Christ and to God and seek them? And uh, Paul writes it in Romans 12. This is how we are able to resist the things of this world. And it says, he writes and he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed, being made into something new by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is the good will of God. You see, us. Shaping, you know, and, and we've, we've talked about this in episodes past, and, and I'm sure people have heard illustrations before, but it's the conforming is just like a from one thing to yes. the next, like, it's yeah. manipulating something, yeah. right? It's not really changing what it is, but the transforming that happens through Christ Jesus that is being that is something that did not previously exist it is different than what it was before inside and out all the way through that's how we resist the things of this world. not again by us trying to act like a christian 
right? Because there are people who try to mold themselves to look like a Christian, but they're missing a key ingredient, which is Jesus. Yeah, the You're Christ not, part of Christian. <laughs> right, exactly. You're not yeah. a Christian without Christ. It doesn't matter how much you look like one or how much you try to act like one. It is only through Christ that we actually can be transformed and made into something new that resists the world rather than tries to run towards the world. Yeah, that's right. So John and Paul are kind of, not kind of, but they're in sync here. Paul's like, oh, yeah. don't let don't let the outside influence of the world shape who you are. You let God change you from the inside and you change the world for what it is. All right. So what needs to be changed here is the world, not you, um, when it comes to spirituality. You need yeah. to be, you need to, to read your Bible. I can't emphasize that enough. Stay in your word. Get around other believers. And even, listen, even the, the, the older converts who are wise, even them, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. And everybody listening to me right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know, there's something, there's something just hit you, an idea or a temptation or, or whatever. And you immediately know it's not right. But you also immediately at the same time know you're going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, it happens. Yeah. Now, how, what do you do then? Do you just, Ignore it and do it anyway. What do you do? How do? You, how can you throw away the second feeling and go with your the first feeling? How you do that? Well, I would suggest that you get on the phone and you call a brother or a sister and you tell them exactly what's going on. Just confess it. Say here, here's I'm being tempted for, to do this. And I know I'm about to do it. So what do I do? So he call somebody. Have have a spiritual mentor in your life. Have a brother or sister that you share accountability with. Have somebody call you once a week and say, hey, have you stayed off the Internet? You know what I mean? Have you spent your money wisely? Have you spent time with your kids? Have you loved your wife as Christ loved the church this week? I mean, get somebody to do that with. As John is writing this in these next, you know, several verses, he's instructing and warning against denying Jesus and rejecting Christ. And uh, so I'm going to read verses 18 through 19 here. And he says, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. See, those are those molded to look like Christians, right? Those are those who sort of tried to fit in with the group. And then he goes on and he says, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. You see, they were missing that one key thing, and that was Jesus. They didn't have it. They looked like them. They appeared like them in a sense. They might even sounded like them, right? Like they picked up some of the, the language Christianity, right? And following Jesus. They have Christ in them. They were, they were molded and conformed to look like a Christian. They were not transformed to be a follower of Christ. Um, right. You know, when he says they went out from us, but they were not of us. Then he says, if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Now, what he's not saying is they uh, would have stayed in our church. Right. Yeah. What he's saying is these people went out to probably start other churches or to evangelize or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So. When he says they would have continued with us, what he means is the teaching, 
yeah. of God, yeah. the word of God. They would have continued in the word of God. They would have stayed aligned. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In their, their faith and beliefs. Yeah. Yep. So w- what's dangerous about not dividing and, and the, the word of God correctly is that you even sometimes unknowingly begin to teach anti-Christ teachings. Now, John's not talking about the Antichrist who is to come. He's talking about teaching that's not of God. He's talking about teaching that's anti-Jesus. And I'm telling you, some of it is very subtle. Some of it is very, very under the table. And I'm telling you, I've had a bunch of people tell me, oh, I ain't worried about that because, I mean, I got a gut feeling, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm God's child. And, and if, yeah. I, if somebody says something wrong, I'm going to know it. I, I'm like, oh. No, no, that's not. Watch out. Watch out. Jesus said, watch out. How, I don't know how many times. Yeah. When the disciples asked him questions, one of the first thing he said was, I want you to watch out for false teaching. Yeah. How do you watch out for false teaching? You listen to the teaching with an open Bible. Yeah. And that means at the same time, like, you need to be in your Bible. You need to be in God's words. Like, we have to be reading and studying and understanding God's word ourselves. Otherwise, someone can manipulate how we view God's word. They can they can slide in. And man, some of the examples it are are terrifying of how sneaky these types of antichrist teachings are. Yep. Um, and if if we're not close enough to Christ ourselves, we can overlook them and not catch them in, you know, in sermons and messages we may be listening to. And then slowly over time, they could start to slide into how we're, we're thinking and believing. And so, you know, this is why it's so, so important um, for us to, to be diligent about reading God's word. So can I give an example of that? God said, like, God-centered, Christ-centered teachings from Scripture. Um, this is an older example, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so take John 1.1. 1, 1. Mm-hmm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? And then it goes on in 14 to say, and the Word became flesh. So who is Christ? He is God. He's the second person of the Trinity, fully God, fully man. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's two things that people cringe of when they have a real hard time. He never sinned. He's God. <laughs> I mean, people go, God, I don't know about that. So, so let me give you an example. The Watchtower Society translated the Bible, quote unquote. I think they just took the King James and, and watered it the way they wanted to. You know, these are the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, if you if you want to talk about them, if you want, if you just, you just get in touch with us. We'll tell you how to do that at the end, and I'll, I'll I'll give you all the info you need. Here's what their John one one says. You ready? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Little G. Mm. All right. That one tiny article, the the letter A, changed the whole entire Bible. A little bit of yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Yep. Mm. And, and that's, you know, that's like, that is a great illustration of how small, how tiny of a change could appear. The difference, right, could appear. The impact that it has on everything you believe. In everything that scripture teaches of who Jesus is. Um, and that's what why, why do you why do you think they had to put that in there? I mean they had to put it in there. Why? Oh, because yeah. their foundation of belief is Jesus is not God. He might right. be a God, but he ain't Jehovah God. Right. He's not God in flesh. He's not the creator in flesh. So they had to write it that way. You know, you to fit their own narrative and belief. 
Yeah. So uh, let's do a couple more verses and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, we got we got just a couple minutes here. Don't want to yep. run too long. So we'll we'll read through verses twenty through twenty here and then uh unpack that a little bit. So in verse twenty it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who is the liar? Whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ, such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has also. I mean, perfect example, like just talking about the the Jehovah Witness and the the Bible that is for their belief right who is the liar it is whoever denies that jesus is the christ right who is the christ like old testament teaching christ in greek is messiah in hebrew so who's the messiah right he's the savior come on as as the pharisee says and they were correct in 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 mark chapter 2 who can forgive sins but God alone? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, what's easier? Telling this man to get up and take his mat and walk home or forgive his sins. So, so to show you that I have authority to forgive his sins, he told the man, get up, go home. Yeah. Come on. So this, you know, I, I mean... This really sums up what, what John's been writing about and, and what we've been talking about. And that is knowing the truth. And Jesus tells us, right? Like he calls himself the truth. I am the way, the life, and the truth. He is that steadiness that this world does not have and does not understand. Today to the world, truth is something that is relative to who you are and what you feel. Today, one truth may exist. Tomorrow is totally something different. But with Christ, it is steady. It is steadfast. It is unchanging. It is what it was a thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, as it is today, as it will be eternity from now. Jesus is the truth. Yeah, and somebody might say, and I get it. Somebody might say, "Well, who wants who wants a, an unchanging truth that's over two thousand years old?" I mean, you know, I'd like to look at different perspectives. I'd like to, you know, on and on and on. Well, the truth that you can have eternal life with—that truth. Yeah, the truth. And, and thank God, it has never changed. Gosh, if it changed, it's not eternal. Absolutely, and if it changes. You don't know if it's for you tomorrow as it appears to be today. See, that's what the world, that's what the world will give you. The world will promise you that it will stand by you today, but then tomorrow it is against you and tries to crush you. Yep. But with Christ, Christ, we have someone who is, we have someone who was there in the beginning who is there now and who will be there through eternity, who gave his life, whom who sacrificed himself on the cross for us, for a sinful world, right? He gave himself on the cross, who was able to rise in victory over sin and death. Like that's the steadfastness that we have confidence that we have to stand on when we put our, our faith in, and when our lives are built on him, like yep. he doesn't change. It's never ending. It's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's right. So let, let, let me finish with this one statement. All right. Jesus talked a lot about persecution and he talked mm. about his followers will be persecuted. Okay. So what that looks like today in today's lingo is cancellation. Mm. So, if you want to, if you want to look at it and, and translate it in today's lingo, he said, "If they cancel me, 
you can bet they're going to cancel you. He said, and when they do, it's because they hate me. And that's what we're in front of. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you've been listening today and you've been, been hanging out with us and you've got some, some thoughts on what we've walked through today or you feel like God's really been trying to, to t- and kind of pull you towards himself um, or you've just got questions in general and you're like, I really know more about Jesus and who he is and I want to know more about what you've talked about today. Reach out to us. We would we would love to to hear from you. We'd love to talk with you. Any questions you might have, you can connect with us uh, by email at info at hoperisingministry.cc. Or if you're on Facebook, you can message us. Um, you can find us at Hope Rising Ministries SC. Um, just connect with us on there. Leave us a comment on on a post or uh, send us a message with from you or um, in, any of those avenues. If you need prayer or just encouragement in general, uh, we'd love to connect with you, but reach out to us. And it's easy to, it's easy to be overwhelmed by the things of this world. And it's easy to be overwhelmed by the things of this world. But when your anchor, Christ himself, who is steady, unchanging, unwavering, steadfast when he is your foundation you can withstand the storms that come your way and that's what i want for you um so thank you for joining us thank you for spending this time with us trey i appreciate your time and and as always i i feel blessed through our conversation so thank you enjoyed it and uh we hope and pray you all have a great rest of your week uh, stay safe and can't wait to uh, catch you again next time. God yeah, bless. Peace out, peoples.